Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. I'm happy to introduce you to this week's guest, Sandra Biskind. Sandra is co-author with her husband of a new book, Codebreaker, Discover the Password to Unlock the Best Version of You. It's a book and a journal. In the book, She and Daniel basically distill 20 years of practice in the world of helping people break through limiting beliefs, unlock not just their thinking, but their connection to their thoughts and their emotions so that we can get unstuck quickly and go after what we want from a place of being who we are. She talks about the four questions that she uses to frame that and reframe. She's used it throughout her entire life. She shares the impact of those questions. She talks about this concept of sovereign ownership. And she talks about the link between our unconscious and our DNA and what science is telling us about that. Towards the end of the conversation, she surprised me by sharing with me her big audacious goal, what she and her husband are working towards, so that they can leave a legacy and take all of the knowledge that they have learned in the 20 years, make sure that it's embedded and that others can share it and carry it on so that once they are no longer doing the work, it can continue to grow, be enhanced and reach people across the globe because it is that life-changing. Let's hop over to the interview and meet Sandra now. Welcome No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Today's guest is Sandra Biskind. Sandra is co-author with her husband, Daniel, of Codebreaker, Discover the Password to Unlock the Best Version of Yourself. It has an accompanying workbook that goes with it. And Sandra has a number of stories to, st- to share with us today. But Sandra, before I you know, dig into the full conversation with you, what's top of mind for you today? Oh, I just, I love that question. Um, you know what, top of mind for me almost every day is, is how I show up in the world. And I really learned at a very young age when I was going through a lot of trauma and a lot of grief that when I was showing up in that state, like in that emotional state and letting my emotions run, run wild, I was totally oblivious to how I was affecting people around me. And that's when I understood I really had to, you know, master my frequency and show up in a way that, that felt more in line with who I really am. And also it started to attract different people and different events and, and my business went through the roof. So I think top of mind is how am I showing up today? And it's like I'm showing up as the best version of me or I'm not. And if I'm not, why not? What, what's happening? So I think that's really interesting to start with the conversation about your energy and what you're bringing to something. And when you noticed that many years ago and when you first started seeing how you were showing up, what was one of the first clues that you weren't being your best self? Oh, it was actually, it was a very courageous staff member of mine. I had a uh, fashion boutique and um, I had just left a very painful marriage. So I was going through a lot of emotion there. I had failing health because I had, I'd had a decade of hospitals and almost dying. Uh, my town was in a financial crisis. I mean, if you start adding up all of the things that were on top of each other, I would go home at night and cry myself to bed. There was no food in my fridge. It was, it was really a very interesting time. And, of course, my staff member came to me and said, you know, we're walking on eggshells around you. We don't know if you're going to come in here 
and be happy with us or you're going to be sad, angry, upset or a bitch. And it was like, oh, it was almost like she slapped me across the face and said, wake up. And I realised that I had been oblivious and in a state of oblivion, you have no awareness whatsoever of how you are showing up. And what, what a gift that was for me because I was allowing my emotions to have me show up in a way that was not conducive to me being a fantastic employer. It was not conducive to me having a brilliant, successful business. And it certainly wasn't conducive to me having great relationships. So um, I realised then and there that, okay, this has got to stop got to change my frequency and I understood very early on, I was 27 at the stage, that the way to change my frequency was to change my thoughts around what I was feeling and having done that, that just changed everything. And I used four questions which we can teach your listeners if you like later on or now, Um, but those four questions are in Codebreaker. They're actually in every single chapter because they're so important. And I have taught, and Daniel and I have taught people these questions for decades all around the world. And business people and people in relationships have had the same uh, great response as what I had. So it's like, okay, everybody, let's master our frequency, become the, the, the sovereign owner of our own emotions, and let's let's start showing up in a way that serves us rather than in a way that sabotages us. So let's talk about those four questions because it sounds to me like they were pivotal in your transforming. Yes, completely. So that sounds like a good starting place, yes? Yeah, it is. And it's great for people because, you know, if you're listening and you're going through anything at all where you're feeling, you know, grief, emotion, depression, this will help you shift that. And it's an inc- even if it's only an incremental shift, it's still a shift in the right direction. So the first question I asked myself sitting in my car outside my business at 27 was, what am I feeling? And that was easy. It was like, okay, I'm feeling angry, sad, alone, unsupported. And the second question is, what am I focused on? Okay, so what am I thinking about? And I realised I was focused on the fact that I had suppliers calling me every half hour for money I didn't have. I was totally stressed out. I was thinking about all of the mistakes my staff were making. I was thinking about how come there's not more clients coming in. Like everything negative you could think about, I was thinking about it. And then the question number three is, well, what do I want to feel? And that was a pretty obvious one because, I mean, if you're a sane being, you don't want to stay feeling like that. So what do I want to feel? I want to feel happy about going back to work, about being in my own business that I've created. And um, so question number four, the big kahuna, I sat there and I asked myself, okay, what focus will serve that? And it was like a penny dropped and it was like, oh, I've got to focus on how much I love And I'm grateful for this incredible business that I've created, these amazing staff that I have drawn into my life, even my suppliers, you know, like just really turning it all around. And when I got out of my car, my frequency was so high that I walked into the shop and my staff going, oh, it's like they took a deep breath. Oh, so here she is. This is, this is, this is 
the real Sandra Ray, and clients started coming out of the woodwork. They, they were actually coming and saying, oh, I don't know if we want to buy anything, but we just love the energy in here. It feels so good. And I ended up putting couches in all of my boutiques after that so that all of these women could come in and have tea and coffee and champagne with us because they wanted to sit in this beautiful energy. And my suppliers, interestingly enough, when they rang me and I was absolutely truthful with them, I said, the check is not in the mail. <laughs> and they went, wow, that's, that's refreshing. And, uh, you know, and I promised them that I didn't have their money, but when I did at the end of every week, I would divide it between them and they would get money from me every week. And they could tell by the level of integrity and the confidence that I was speaking from that they could trust me. And those people trusted me all the way through that financial crisis and out the other end. And that's, that's the big shift. You know, when you can master your frequency by mastering your thoughts and how you think and feel and by becoming the designated driver of your emotions rather than the other way around, then you are going to have a very, very different life. This is called setting people free, right? Yeah. So I have a question because one of the, you know, there's this... I'm not sure you'd say it's an argument, but just a different viewpoint, right? Some people say your thoughts affect your feelings. Some people say your feelings affect your thoughts. Does it even matter, Sandra, when you're when you just step back or what? It's a bit of a yeah, no, it's a bit of a chicken and the egg thing, isn't it? And truly, not even needing to get caught up in that. It's like okay, so that's just another story. Who cares? It's somebody's perspective. What is important is how you feel and what you think about what you feel. And that's what, that's what makes us sick. It's what ages us and depresses us and, and puts us under in our business. Or it supports us and magnetises success to us. So, so long as we just focus on, okay, thinking, feeling, it doesn't matter which, but doing the work to change what it is we're thinking and feeling or feeling and thinking, right? So let's, let's talk about doing the work, but maybe to do that conversation or to have that conversation, you could talk a bit about Codebreaker, the book, how it came about, what it is about, because I I think it's going to be a great framework for the rest of the conversation. Absolutely. So uh, Daniel and I, when we got together 20 years ago, uh, realized that we both had a mission and we both wanted to help end suffering and set people free. And about uh, six years ago now, um, I said, okay, so we're going to write the book so people don't need us. We're going, to, we're going to create our legacy work that we can give to the world. And so every morning I got up at 6 o'clock, which, by the way, I'm not a 6 o'clock in the morning girl, but anyway, I was woken up at 6, and from 6 until about 8 at night for six weeks in a row, I was up out of bed and I was at the computer. I had no idea what I was writing and it was all just flowing like you would not believe. And at the end of every day, I'd say to Daniel, oh, do you want to read this? <laughs> and so there it was. But what was incredible about that, before that process started, we said, what is it that we want to give to the world that will help stop suffering? What are the chapters? 
And this is a really great tip for people who want to write a book to actually do this. We put a huge piece of paper up on the dining room wall and we thought on little sticky notes, different colours, we put all of the chapters, the names of the chapters that we thought we would name our chapters across the top so that we could collect quotes and information and have it underneath. So by the end of it, there was this huge board full of sticky notes with this amazing brainstorming thing. But we looked up at the board and I said to Daniel, oh, don't the chapters spell a word? And he was looking and going, yeah, platinum. And I'm going, no, 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 not platinum. Everybody's got platinum, everything. You know, like, please don't give me platinum. But when we looked at it, it was like, here's this perfect octave, these eight chapters, starting with peace, which, of course, if you haven't got peace, you're suffering, so forget about everything else. And, and it finished with mindfulness. So platinum became this very high-frequency acronym for the password to unlock the best version of who we are because we realise that once we mastered platinum, which is peace, love, awareness, trust, integrity, neutrality, unity and mindfulness. So we understood, and they were the things, by the way, we wanted to write about. So they weren't, we didn't think let's use platinum and then trying something to fill in it. It came, it came the other way. And then we realised that it wasn't enough to master those, that we actually had to help people master the blocking frequencies to them because that's where we live. We can't, if you write platinum down one side of the board and you write the blocking frequencies down on the other side, which was what we do in our live events and online events, people look at the board and they go, Ah, oh, so we've been living on the wrong side of platinum our whole lives. <laughs> and, and I'm going, yeah, that's where humanity is. We're on the wrong side of platinum, right? And it's because no one teaches us that when we haven't forgiven someone, we will never know peace, right? It's just so easy. It's, you know, well, actually, it's not easy. It's simple. It's not necessarily easy to forgive, but it's a simple process. So the whole book revolves around platinum and how you, um, where you are on this scale, like you, you can have measurable shifts when you go through this work. You start out feeling one way when you start reading the book and you absolutely feel an entirely different way when you've, when you've finished it. And it's really interesting. That's why we created, by the way, the Codebreaker Journal because we realised that people were going to use this book over and over and over again for, for years, for the rest of their life. And they didn't want to be scribbling all over the whole book as to answer the questions. So we created the journal. So we envisaged that people would be buying lots and lots of journals because when they read through it the first time and they find out they answer the four questions and they go through the other um, the meditations and they go through the whole system, they'll realize they can look at their journal and go, wow, was I really feeling like that then? And now I feel so different. And then when they start it again, and they start from a higher frequency in a different place. So, um, yeah, it's been a very exciting ride. And honestly, we didn't get the book out for at least five years after we had had this whole thing downloaded and edited because we wanted to uh, try it out. You know, we've used it on, in live events. We've created programs around it. We've, I use it with all of my private clients. And I re we, both of us realised the phenomenal power that this system has to help end suffering. And it was at that stage we said, okay, we know this book, what, what's happening in here. We know it works. We know it's useful. We know that the world needs it, so here it is. 
Um, so we were very circumspect about it. We were very diligent about it. Uh, we've worked very, very, very hard to create a work that, um, that we believe is, is good enough for our human brothers and sisters. Well, thanks in advance for doing the work, because I know it's not easy to, to take those big, powerful concepts and practices and distill them down in a way that helps us on the, as a reader or user to understand them as deeply or as usefully as you do. So yeah, thank you. That, yeah, that's a, that's a big gift to your brothers and sisters here. <laughs> thank so, you. Can you give me a couple examples of something kind of practical, whether it's of the piece or, or maybe is there one of the other letters that you think once people kind of get the shift on that, it like kickstarts other areas? Yeah, well, actually, each one of them does. But I love going to worry because most people trust. I love going to not worry. I love going to trust the T in platinum because most people during any given day are worried or anxious about something. And so what we're saying is, okay, we're asking you to, to become very mindful. Uh, like, and mindfulness is like, wake up, don't be asleep now to what you're thinking and feeling. So wake up to what you're thinking and feeling and what are you worried about? What are you anxious about? Oh, it actually doesn't matter what you're worried or anxious about. The fact is that that's a signpost saying, hang on, I've just left the high frequency of trust. Where do I really want to live right now? Well, I really do want to live in trust. I don't want to live down here where it feels rotten. And so it's like, okay, I need to come to this place where I can trust that everything is unfolding as it should. I can trust I've done the homework. I can trust I've been diligent. I can trust that I have the wisdom and the connections and the power and the friends and the family to actually support me through whatever it is that I'm feeling right now. So that's a really big one. Trust is such a huge one. That's why I chose it first. I think the other one that really, really resonates for me is neutrality because I see neutrality as another word for enlightenment. It's when you are no longer trigger happy. It's when people and things don't push your buttons to the degree where you have knee-jerk reactions, you say things that you might mean but you don't. You wish you hadn't said and you do things in a way that do not support you or your life. And so when you're neutral, you're not attached to the stories. You're not attached to being right. I had a, a client um, ring me the other day and she said, oh, my husband and I are fighting. And I said, okay, hang on a minute. Would you rather be right or would you rather be happy and in love with your husband? And she said, well, I would rather be happy and in love with my husband. I said, well, right answer for a start. <laughs> um, so the fact is that if we're attached and attachment is the, it blocks neutrality. If we're attached to being right, to, yeah, to anything to do with it's my way or the highway, anything like that, then you're not neutral. Everything can push your buttons. And when it does, you just go into a completely different state. I mean, that's when anger comes up. That's when you say and do things that hurt people. So neutrality is a very, very important state for humanity. If you're not neutral, I'm testing this assumption with you but I, or my own experience with you, but when I'm not neutral, and I have like this strong attachment to something, I also find like it blocks my ability to see opportunities or different ways of doing things. Is that, would you say that's accurate? 
oh, that was so, so fantastic because that's exactly what happened. It blocks creativity. It blocks curiosity. It blocks different ways of seeing things. It blocks openness. It's actually when you're attached to something, you're shut down. Can you imagine? I had uh, one client. He was beautiful man he was gay and from the moment he told his parents that he was gay they shut him out of their life he hasn't spoken to them since because they said no that's a sin that's not right until you change you're no longer a part of this family because they were attached to being right now if they had have stayed neutral to that and continued loving their son they still could have had that incredible love in their lives Right? And instead, it was more important for them to live without love and be attached to their stories than it was to have their beautiful son, the love of their life, you know, gone from them. I mean, to me, there's not much sadder than, than this. And that's why neutrality is so important. If you look at politics, you look at different countries' interactions, if you look at everything, we're all so attached to being right that we don't even see what anyone else is doing or thinking or feeling. Absolutely. And I'm going to steer you away from politics just because I want to stay uplifted. No, I'm just- well, that's why I'm saying, you know, to, to remain neutral there. I mean, I had the funniest experience coming from Australia. I got here when President Obama was in uh, and I'd have people ringing me say, oh, I feel sick, you know, this man's doing this, this and this. And I go, okay. And then Trump's in and they're going, I feel sick. And I'm going, well, it doesn't matter who's in, they all feel sick. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, we really need neutrality here, right? (laughs) And are you just loving feeling sick? Um, That's my, sometimes I think that's my question. It's like, how much do you like being in that turmoil? Because. Well, there's a lot of juice they get out of it, right? Yeah. 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 That's the thing that we've got to ask ourselves. What's the reward for feeling rotten? What's the the reward for thinking it's okay to judge other people as being wrong and different? What's the reward that we're getting? And you know what it is? A lot of people don't understand who they really are. I mean, if people knew the truth, if they knew that they were a perfect divine being, if they knew that, then they would live a platinum life, right? They They wouldn't worry about these petty little things that are going on Uh, in the ego mind's world. So they would simply change codes. And that's the idea, you know, we have to decide what code are we going to live in? You know, we're going to live in a code that is driven by the ego mind, our emotions, where we're always trigger happy, or we're going to live in in a a code that uplifts and supports us where we're trigger free. And to me, there's no, you know, that question's like, well, there's only one answer, right? And that's to honestly you know, really create a strong connection to our true self, to our source, and live in the divine mind code. And that's the idea of Codebreaker. That's where Codebreaker is going to take people. So before we went live on the recording, you mentioned that there were a number of stories that you could share about how someone has used this path, this process, and really had some major breakthroughs in their own experiences. And Could you share some of that? Yeah, funnily enough, I was just reading through some testimonials before I got on the call with you. And uh, just in the the last few weeks, we did a three-day event called Activate Enlightenment, which we do a couple of times a year. And there were three people who came into that event who were feeling stuck, emotionally drained, almost feeling like life wasn't worth living anymore. They were that, you know, they they were that low. 
And when they left, after having gone through the system, learnt the system and heard the stories and been corrected, you know, like correcting out this emotional trauma, once they had gotten neutral to this, they actually said, I now feel like life is worth living. I feel like I've come to a place of peace that I could never have imagined three days ago. Thank you. You have saved my life. And then we have other people who are having business problems and, you know, they leave an event like that or an online event or they're a private client and they go back and they completely change the way they're doing business. They change how they're showing up and, and their staff, you know, their staff level, instead of having this massive turnover of staff, they keep, they, their staff wants to be with them because it's fun. You know, they want to stay there and their businesses go through the roof. I had one man, you know, talking about money blocks because when we're working, when you're going through Codebreaker, we understand that when you've got emotional leakage in any area of your life, it affects every area. So obviously we talk about um, people being able to come into a place where their relationships are what they want, where their businesses and the, and the, the money is what they want and where their health and vitality improves. And one man came in and he said during the weekend, um, you know, my business hasn't been going well. I've been distracted. Uh, you know, the money's not coming in. I don't know what to do. Now, most other coaches would say, oh, here, I've got to do one, two, three, four, five things on a business level, right? Not with us. We're going to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to dig in and find out what your unconscious programs are. Like what's the information locked in your DNA that is supporting this sabotage around money. And we went in, I discovered the programs because I'm a medium, so I'm actually given the information for people. And we've discovered the programs. I neutralised the emotion around those events that we discovered. And he's just standing there going, wow, that feels good. But the most incredible thing happened. He went to lunch during the program. When he came back, he put his hand up and he said, something very weird just happened during lunch. <laughs> and I said, yeah, what was it? He said, well, I just had two firm offers for multi-million dollar homes that I've got for sale. That I haven't had an offer on at all. And he said, is this real? Like, can it really happen like that? And I, I just burst out laughing. I said, yes, once you get rid of those unconscious blocks that are sabotaging us, the doors open, your creativity comes in, you're manifesting from a very different energy field and a different frequency, and that's when things start to happen. So, yeah, I mean, I've got thousands of stories like that of how this beautiful system is changing lives. That is so powerful. Mm. Um, you said something interesting that I just want to ask you to make sure, A, I heard it correctly, but then ask you to describe it just a little more. You talked about looking at the unconsciousness, but also the connection to that with our DNA. Yes. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, well, science, there's, there's a lot of scientific research out there now, um, and we quote a lot of these books that we've, we've quoted from in Codebreaker too, by the way. So if people are interested in, like, where we got the information from, they can go and get it. So what happens is a long time ago there were some Russian scientists who discovered that the 99% junk DNA, by the way, scientists thought that we had 99% junk DNA, can't imagine how anybody would ever think anything about the human body would be junk, but there we go. And they discovered that it wasn't junk at all, that it, that it actually responded 
to a frequency and a language, a specific language. And that when you were on that specific frequency and language, you could open up the information in that DNA and you could, you know, change things. We already know that the um, scientists talk about the plasticity of the brain now, that the brain changes and everything about us changes. So if we're powerful, sovereign beings and we have complete control over our own lives, that means we have to have complete control over our bodies. And so this DNA, it holds all of the information and it encodes our genes to operate the way they operate. And this information can be accessed and it can be recoded. And that's exactly what we do in our programs. It's what it's, we start teaching it, you how to do it in Codebreaker. And it's what I have, I've kind of, I'm doing a mastership program in it at the moment, right? I, you know, I've spent decades um, as a psychic um, going in and tapping into that information so that I can share it with people and actually recode what it is, the information that's been imprinted in them. Um, I guess one little story would be about a woman who came to me and she was very overweight and she said, I have just been to the doctors, I've got markers for everything that every woman in my family have ever had, diabetes, heart disease, stroke. And she said, I'm not happy about this. And so during the three-day weekend, we actually went in and we completely recoded that information we neutralised and deleted all of the emotions brought forward from all of her ancestors because just think about this, we're carrying all of our, and that's a scary thought, right? We're carrying all of our ancestors, you know, DNA in us and all of their programs. And when I did that, she was like, oh, she started crying because she could actually, she felt a physical shift. Now, a lot of people working with us actually feel a physical shift as well as a mental emotional shift. And uh, she got up at our next event. She said, well, this is like, uh, what was it? Four months later, she'd been to the doctor, just been to the doctor. She said, I no longer have any genetic market markers for diabetes, heart disease or stroke. She said, and I've lost 18 pounds and you have saved my life. What she meant was this work has saved my life. Right. Right. So that's just such a gift and so powerful for her. Yes. And that's what happens when you work on the deepest levels in the DNA and recoding gene expression, which is what we can do. Isn't this exciting? This is like the future now. It's so, so exciting. So how do you work with people? You've got your events, but how else? You mentioned that you have coaching clients, if I'm correct. Yes. Um, how else do you work with people? Do you work with people remotely? or Because I all, imagine some listeners are going to want to know. Yeah, all of my clients uh, work with me over the phone all over the world. Obviously, coming to a live event is pretty special because you're getting this, you're sitting in an energy field. Um, we're, we've got some very altruistic big goals, by the way, for this work. So now that you've asked me that question. <laughs> Tell us your big goals. I love big, audacious goals. Okay. So firstly, the first one that's not that audacious, but it's, special to my heart is that in October we're going to be launching a membership program where we're going to be once a month from people all over the world we're going to be getting on the phone with them and spending an hour to an hour and a half with them taking them through corrections meditations transmissions of energy it's like whew, it'll be like this safe haven for the soul where they're learning growing expanding transforming and so that will be 
very, very exciting. And that's going to be an inexpensive thing once a month so that we can get people from all over the world changing their frequency so we can help change the frequency of the planet. So that's one big goal. But the biggest goal of all for us is because this is our legacy work and I'm about to turn 66 and Daniel has just turned 72, we, when we go, we, we want to be assured that this work is carried forth into the world and doesn't just die with us. And so what we're doing in 2020, we're starting a Codebreaker certification program and we're going to be taking people through 12 months of absolute full immersion and transformation in Codebreaker and into their own beingness. So the whole 12 months they'll be working on themselves, but as they're doing that, we'll be also teaching them how to do it with other people. So at the end of that 12 months, they can either just use it for themselves and come out of there in a totally as a totally different being, or they can also now go out into the world and say, I'm a Codebreaker certified coach who we will promote on our website, and they will be able to either, you know, bring that into an existing coaching business or start a brand new coaching business just with this. So they'll be able to, you know, make a living from doing what we do. I, for me, the next step after that is once we've got enough coaches is then we want to do, take from that group and teach them how to teach them, teach what we teach in our live events and online programs. In other words, we're making ourselves redundant. So we're going to... Um, teach people to do exactly what we do. But it won't be exactly that the exciting thing about Codebreaker is that once you start getting into the system, people are so smart and they start adding in their own unique ideas and they start expanding it. And we see this becoming, you know, 20 years from now, it will be a much more expanded, amazing uh, program than what it is now because other people will have come in and we will have had their input and their divine guidance will be in the program as well. Um, so you can see this is a, we are talking about a big goal here. We're talking about this is the legacy work for the world. Let's step back. We're not the guru. We're the people presenting a program. We know how to make this happen right now and so can you. So, yeah, we're all, look, we're big thinkers. When we first met 20 years ago, we decided to build a resort in the Bay of Islands that would be a spiritual retreat. So, okay, so we did that and guess what? In 2010, as a resort, it won the world's best luxury coastal hotel. So we don't do anything by halves. Everything we do, and both, you know, in the fashion industry for me and Daniel in the in the uh, building industry for him, both of us were multi-award winning business people. So you can see what's going on here. There's, you know, there's two beings have come onto the planet with this, this way of being in the world that wants to present to the world the best, not just for us, but for them as well on every level. And, and from that place, we've brought in this spiritual world that's been the underlying force and, and driving force between both of us. And um, so you've got something quite unique with us at the moment, and that is that you've got, first of all, you've got a couple, but you've also got two people who have been firmly entrenched in the business world and know how to make a business successful and have made millions, lost millions, you know, done everything that successful people do. And... And now you've also got this spiritual, deep, deep spiritual component of decades worth 
of working with masters from all over the planet with knowledge that a lot of people don't have. And when you combine the two of them, you end up with Codebreaker. Um, uh, or you end up with the world's best luxury coastal hotel, or you, you know, <laughs> you end up being the best version of you. I think that is the the power of it. I have, um, we haven't talked about this question, but it, since it comes to my mind, I have a question to ask you first about how old were you when you recognized that you were actually a medium? Three. Have you known that? Yeah, I was three, but you know, at three, most kids are mediums anyway, right? So um, I remember going to my mummy at about four and saying, hey, mummy, what does Jesus talk to you about when you go to bed at night? And that was just like unheard of because we were not a religious family. So her mind is, she's thinking, well, where did you get that name from? <laughs> and, um, and she said, oh, what does he talk to you about? And so I was, would tell her that. She didn't answer my question. And, um, and then I remember also going to her and saying uh, one day, Mummy, I'm going to be a priest when I grow up. And she said, oh, no, Sandra. No, only men can be priests and, and only Catholic men. And I knew I wasn't a man. I didn't know what Catholic was. That was like out of my frame of reference at that stage. So I went back to her the next day and I said, all right, Mummy, I'll be a nun. And she said, oh, Sandra, if you're a nun, you know, you'll never get married and have children and... and um, she said, and you're not Catholic. And I thought, this Catholic thing's coming up again, right? Because <laughs> I knew I was a girl. And, and I put my hands on my hips and I looked up at her and I said, don't you worry about a thing, mummy. When I get older, I will teach people about God and love. And with that, I stomped off. And it was like, <laughs> kind of, I, you know, in my little mind, I just knew that, um, that the, the priests and nuns were meant to be working for God, right, and that were about love. And that was why I was putting that on there. But it was, honestly, she must have, I mean, can you imagine if your four or five-year-old comes to you and talks to you like that? I cannot imagine how she even felt, but I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> uh, and the fact that she didn't answer your question but asked you one back. Yes. You know, yeah. I just, I'm, how brilliant of her to come to know you differently rather than just give you an answer. Yeah, she was a very brilliant woman. You know, I'm sure look, we never talked about it, but I'm sure she was psychic as well. But, you know, if you think about six decades ago, who talked about this? I mean, maybe in America, but not in a little town in Australia, I can tell you. <laughs> so I was kind of like out on a limb on my own for a long, 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 long time. Well, clearly you found your tribe. Yes, without doubt. Oh, Worldwide you found it. Oh, worldwide, exactly. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Sandra, I have loved our conversation today, and I want to thank you so much for being a guest. There are so many other questions I could ask you, but I think the last one is what one parting gift, I would say word of wisdom, but everything you've said is wisdom. So a parting thought or gift you would give our listening audience today. I want everybody to know categorically, and I feel like crying saying this, that you are a perfect divine being. That, that you have the ability to, to be free from what no longer serves you. So just do what it takes. Read the books, do the programs, find your mentors and make sure that the mentor you find loves you unconditionally. That would be it. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. 
We hope you like what you heard, and if you did, we ask that you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share. And until next time, have a great week living a no labels, no limits, and no excuses life. 